Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our, mer- our merchandise store as well, on thefinside.threadless.com. Paul, it is Jets week. You're traveling up to the game. We had a segment here with uh, Jeff L.J. Lloyd that you all should be sure to check out as well. But there's always a little bit something different about Jets week, huh? Oh, completely. I mean, it's you know, I still go back to the first web weekend when we were down there. It was Tom Garfinkel's first year with the team. And he came in the room and, you know, told us, he's like, look, you know, I will get up to speed. I'm not up to speed yet. And asked the question of everybody in the room, said, what's the one thing that we need to do to make you happy as fans? And the immediate response, I can't remember who for the life of me said it was beat the Jets. And Tom looked around the room and goes, is that all we have to do? And I, I remember a couple of people just telling him, you know, look, if Miami goes two and 14, but those two wins are against the Jets, we'll find a way to forgive you. Um, so, yeah, it's always uh, as much as I hate the Patriots, Jets Dolphins is the more storied rivalry. I remember the Pats sucking for 20 years when I grew up, but Pats or Jets and Dolphins, no matter who's good and who's bad, they always play up against each other. And it's always a good time. And the Dolphins and Jets surprisingly were underdogs last week, but now they're one and zero. The Dolphins coming off a big win against the Titans, the Jets beating the Lions by 31 points. So they're not a rollover this week. But what I do like is that the Dolphins are on a little bit of a longer week. The Jets did play on Monday Night Football, and as impressive as a victory as it was, Sam Darnold is a rookie quarterback coming off a very, very good performance where he bounced back at, at, off of a pick six to come back and lead the Jets to a huge victory, a complete team win. But I also got to think, too, did the Jets look great or did the Lions completely hand the game to them in every facet? So there's a couple things I want to say about that. For one, Mark Sanchez looked amazing right out of the gate. Geno Smith looked amazing right out of the gate, and they sang his praises after one game. So you really can't totally base a quarterback's career on one game. For two, it's – I even thought going into that game, after watching the the Lions in the preseason, through three games of the preseason, they were the only team in the NFL to not have a sack. And I get that the starters didn't play the whole time, but that's a scary statistic. And the Lions are a team that I look at. They retain their offensive coordinator after their offense underperformed last year. And – the Jets basically came out and said, we knew their play calls. And they were pointing out in a few articles, et cetera, how, you know, they'd all, the lines would audible at the line of scrimmage, and the Jets knew exactly what was coming. People can discount that all they want, but that's a huge, huge advantage. If you know there's a screen pass, you don't have to sell out deep. You can sell out running up and really make a play. Um, on top of that, I just – 
I look at the Lions right now and I feel like they're the new Browns. It's they're a terrible team in my opinion. The only team that's going to have Oakland at 31 by the end of this season. You know, great job coaching by Todd Bowles making those adjustments. And I hated seeing Sam Darnold go out there and still look so good as a Jets rookie quarterback, third overall pick. One thing I noticed too is that Sam Darnold was not or had great pass protection from an offensive line that was not supposed to be all that good. And part of it is, was the Lions pass rush wasn't really there. The Dolphins had great success last week getting to the quarterback, especially in the first half. They didn't have any sacks, but they were pressuring the quarterback all game, especially Robert Quinn. So Robert Quinn is going to go up against Jets left tackle Kelvin Beecham, who was the lowest rated player by pro football focus in the Jets first game. So, you have that, and then on the other side, you've got Cameron Wake, who last year against the Jets had three and a half sacks in two games, has always given Brandon Shell a lot of trouble. So if the Dolphins can force Sam Darnold inside and keep him inside the pocket, have him throw out outside the hash marks, where that's not, that's not the best throw that he makes, then I think the Dolphins might be able to force him into some turnovers. Completely. It's the Dolphins that's come out since the game did exactly what we talked about in our recap show, if anybody out there's listened to it, uh, that's listening right now, which is they actually kind of played a little bit safe with their defensive ends and their defensive tackles, focusing on contain because of the fact that Miami's been killed by mobile quarterbacks, because of the fact that they had a two-headed monster in the backfield in, you know, Tennessee. And, so the defensive tackles and the defensive ends were getting pressure, but they were also kind of keeping that contain so that Mariota, so that, you know, Dion and, and uh, Frankenstein there weren't escaping, especially given the problems that they've had with the linebackers getting washed out at times. So they don't have that big of a worry with Sam Darnold, who's not as mobile as Marcus Mariota. I'm sorry. And, and so, this could be the one where you see them start to pin their ears back a little bit, especially going up against a rookie. Yeah, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, was that tan gave me nightmares heading into that first game. But the Dolphins, twenty I think 29 carries, 103 yards between the both of them. So a pretty good run per carry average. And furthermore, I think they took Derrick Henry out of the game very, very early there, which made the, the Titans a lot more one-dimensional. And they're going to have to bring their A game again this week. Bilal Powell and Isaiah Kroll in the first game against the Lions, 22 carries for 162 yards. The Dolphins' biggest fear on defense is that if that other team gets the running game going, now Sam Darnold can play action. He's got more time in the pocket, and, and you're going to see a much more wide-open field for that. But the Dolphins looked, like the, looked a lot tighter on defense, forced some pressure all, all three phases of the game. Amazingly, too, Paul, the Jets and Dolphins combined last year, 20 interceptions between both of them. In the first game, the Jets have five interceptions. The Dolphins have three interceptions. So on the other side of the ball, when you look at the Dolphins' offense, Ryan Tannehill, a really good game last week, especially in the rain, except for two passes that that really – actually, we can go back and forth on it. I still think that both of Tannehill's interceptions were not good, but – yeah, it's, I mean, this could be a very interesting game as far as turnovers and who wins that battle. It really could. I mean, 
you, you look back at it as well. Kiko could have had a second interception. And there was another one that escapes me right now as far as Miami really had two other shoulda, coulda, woulda interceptions on, on their behalf as well. So we could really be talking about, you know, two teams with five interceptions apiece right now. I think Miami definitely has a better defense than what I saw out of Detroit in the preseason, what I saw out of Detroit in that first game. I think Miami has a better offense than what I saw out of Detroit in the preseason and what I saw out of Detroit in the first game. And really the biggest worry for me is something you touched on in, in our recap of, of the Titans game, and that's Miami's coverage units because the Jets' return game was pretty lethal. I think, I think they averaged like 45 yards per punt return in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's really a question of has Miami shored up their, their kick coverage units? And that's, that, that's such a huge factor in this one. Yeah, and Darren Rizzi better get that right because the Dolphins have had a lot of turnover in their special teams, and you can bet they heard it this week when they gave up three or four long returns last week to the Titans. Another thing, too, that Jets have struggled with is that pure outside pass rusher. I mean, Jordan Jenkins is a former middle linebacker. He's playing outside. He's probably their best threat at the linebacker spot. Also, Leonard Williams, uh, who's really a superstar, at that defensive end spot, can create some inside pressure. A big thing to watch out for this week, Josh Sitton, at the time that we're doing the show, is on the injury report, did not practice on Wednesday, could be limited throughout the rest of the week, and could be a big question mark come Sunday. See, for me, Josh Sitton's one of those throwback players. It makes me think of Ron Heller when Ron Heller had the one shoulder taped up and the army couldn't use, and he was still out there mauling people uh, back in the nineties. So it's, it's, if Josh Sitton can walk, I'm pretty sure he's going to play at this point. It, and uh, Josh Sitton with one arm is better than a lot of guys with two. So I'm, I'm not super worried about that. I, I think, you know, the jets do have a good defensive line. I think they'll help where they can with, with Sitton, but I think he'll play in this game. I hope he does because if Sitton and Jesse Davis start and did as well or do as well against the Jets as they did against the Titans, then I think you're going to see Ryan Tannehill have a lot of time in the pocket. I just don't see where the pass rush for the Jets is going to come from. So another key factor, too, is the Jets did upgrade their secondary this year with Trumaine Johnson. He left the first game with a concussion, but he will be back. They've got the young safety tandem in Marcus May and Jamal Adams may not play. Marcus May may not play, excuse me. Uh, They've got Morris Claiborne as well. So it's a pretty good secondary as well as having former first-round pick uh, Deron Lee, who had two interceptions last week, one return for a touchdown. So it's going to be key for the Dolphins here to take those underneath routes too. I I don't have any problem with Ryan Tannehill going 5, 10, 15 yards down the field and then pulling it back and then taking those deep shots when they present themselves later in the game, just like last week against the Titans. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the secondary. I'm going to kick it over to Miami's secondary in this game. And, and, you know, a stat that came out from Pro Football Focus. And and Adam Gase, if you are listening, which I'm sure you're not, but if you are, you need to take TJ McDonald's snap count and take Minka Fitzpatrick's snap count and flip the two of them there is no excuse on God's green earth why with the three safeties Miami has, all pro Rashad Jones, 
future All-Pro Minka Fitzpatrick, and pretty damn good T.J. McDonald, that T.J. McDonald is seeing the lion's share of the snaps. There's no excuse for him having 20-plus more snaps than Minka Fitzpatrick after what we saw to Minka in this first game. Keep Minka on the field, keep Rashad on, on the field, and bring T.J. into spell when you need to. That the only is excuse so for, pivotal. The only excuse for keeping a rookie off the field is that they're not – aware enough or not prepared. That's not a problem with Minka. I mean, you just look at the first quarter of last week's game. Nobody was more prepared for that game than he was. And if the Dolphins didn't make him the 11th overall pick, you look at that four, uh, fourth down stop early in the game. If he's not there, that could be a 10 to nothing game really early. And it, it, you never know what's going to happen from that point on. So, what, Paul, what else jumps out to you in this game is what Miami really has to do. I like that Rake looked a little bit better in this last one, but I, I still need to see him hold up solidly against the run. If he's able to hold the middle of that defense and let the defensive line pin their ears back a little bit, I don't see the Jets being able to stop what Miami has on defense, especially if Miami has a healthy rotation going and, and, and keeps everybody fresh. They're going to wear out that offensive line. And one of the pivotal key cogs is Rake McMillan, being an absolute monster in the run game and not letting himself get washed out. Very key. And another key that I have, in addition to Minka Fitzpatrick seeing more snaps, I'd like to see Vincent Taylor get a lot more snaps too. I mean, after the game, we were both talking about, wow, this guy was constantly on the field, constantly making plays. He had three tackles and one assist in 18 snaps. And it seemed like that he was always getting in the way. I would love to, in this type of game, for him to be that run plug. And I think that he could project as that type of player in the future. Also at wide receiver, the Dolphins may find it a little bit more difficult in this game to go underneath, underneath, underneath so often. But the reason for that is because the Jets are more likely to play their defensive backs up a lot more than the Titans did. So if they can go over the top with Jakeem Grant, with Kenny Stills, Hopefully, Devontae Parker can come back and get deep a little bit, too. The Dolphins may be able to get some some quick scores. They might. And another key to this game also for me, and, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit, is the fact that this is the away game that Miami seems to always have the biggest home field advantage. Uh, I know we're rolling in with over 2,000 people just with us uh, for, for MetLife Takeover, as we always do. So it's I'm absolutely excited for that. I'll be there myself. Absolutely. Kenyon Drake, too, 14 carries for 48 yards last week. Frank Gore, nine carries for 61. We'll see how the snaps get divvied out this week. I, I see a bigger game from Kenyon Drake, somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 to 100 yards, we'll say, for fantasy football owners. So his it's just a matter to me at this point of when that big season for Drake is going to begin. So a lot of optimism with the dolphins. Speaking of that optimism, Paul, it is the MetLife takeover week where Miami dolphins fans go up there in large bunches. We saw it on, heard it on Monday night football a couple of years ago in 2016. We heard the let's go dolphins chance. You're going to be there in New York this weekend. Tell us a little bit more about what we can expect for dolphins fans. So for any Dolphins fans in the area, I think there's actually a handful of tickets that shook free at the last moment. We've got a, a couple of links, I think, up on our Facebook page. Definitely go check check that out. Go to Dolphins NYC on Facebook. 
but really it's an amazing time. And I know I'm going up Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to be at the pre-party Saturday night, the night before. They usually wrap off a bunch of stuff. Solo D usually does a song of the week uh, at, at the pre-party as well as at the tailgate. The Dolphins usually have a few folks come out to the tailgate. I know Joe Rose did his Cup of Joe show live from the tailgate last year. If you happen to be going on the buses, make sure you get on the on the fin side bus that's going to be there this year with Nate and and ride that into the stadium from, from Slattery's in New York. It's such a good time. There's so many Dolphins fans. It's so much fun. Uh, they, they have a catered tailgate that you can get in on, and, and it's really a fantastic, fantastic time. And it's great to take over two or three sections and then just see all the aqua and orange elsewhere in the stadium as well. Looking forward to hearing about it on next week's show, Paul. And as far as the game itself, one final thing. I can't state this clearly enough that there's a lot of optimism in New York with Sam Darnold. It kind of reminds me of, I'm not going to say Sam Darnold's going to be Peyton Manning, but it reminds me of that second year where Peyton Manning really started to show that, hey, this guy might be a star. And it was up to the Dolphins to go into Indianapolis and shut that optimism down. The Dolphins have a chance to, to do that this week. And they really do need to, because if the Jets can start out 2-0 and by beating their most hated rival, they have the Browns next week, which means that they could go to 3-0 and pretty quickly. Two weeks after that, they've got the Broncos at home, and then they've got the Colts at home. So it's up to the Dolphins to stop that momentum right here because otherwise we could be talking about the Jets starting out the season 4-1, and one, getting that start that we want to have. So, Paul, you're going to be at the game. What's your prediction? How do you see this shaking out? I think Miami takes this one. I think, like I said earlier, I think the Lions are the new Browns of the NFL. I think the fact that the Jets knew the Lions plays, Miami's getting a little too creative based on that first game for the Jets to get nice and cozy with what they're calling here. And I'm going to go with about the same thing I predicted for last week and 27-17 Miami. Yeah, you were really close last week. 27-17 is what you predicted. I predicted 27-20 to 20 Titans, so I had the score right, just had to flip them. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 30 to 20 Dolphins in this one. I think Sam Darnold is going to have some success moving the ball, throw for a lot of yards, but my prediction in this one is that we're going to have back-to-back three interception games from the Dolphins' defense. I mean, what Sam Darnold didn't see last week was a lot of pass rush, and I think he's going to see that in this game. And we saw at USC his final year, and it's something he's going to have to shake his whole career. He is interception-prone at this point in his career. He's a rookie. He was interception-prone his final year at USC. And on a shortened week with a lot of optimism, I think he comes out and he lets a couple just rip. So I'm going to go with 30 to 20 Dolphins. And that will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins-New York Jets matchup heading into week two. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, be sure to check out our merchandise store on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us out. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side. side. And it must be the fin side. Left side. Left side.